0: I just want to give a few more minutes to allow the Holy Spirit to continue doing what He's doing. For some of you, the truth of that is resonating with you this morning in a way that perhaps it hasn't for the past year. And that unexplainable, unconditional, overwhelming love of God is in the room today and I know that you feel it now. And so I don't want to rush past this moment where Holy Spirit is ministering to some of you, where some of you have been in places of uncertainty, and some of you have been in places with questions, and you know that God is who He said He is, and you know that God will do what He said He would do. You know, it's something that you can mentally ascend to, but perhaps over the past few months or over the past few days, over the past few years, You've been in this place of uncertainty where you know with your head that God loves you, but there's been not as much evidence around you in your day-to-day life as you may have expected to see. And this morning, the love of God is just pouring out in the room to remind you that no matter where you are, no matter what you may even be thinking or feeling about where you are in your life at the moment, that the love of God is very real and very accessible and very present with you. So I just want you to give yourself a few moments to sit in what Holy Spirit is doing by ministering and reminding again and again and again and again of how much God loves us so I just want us to take one more minute just one more minute for you to just completely absorb what God is saying in this moment to completely absorb his presence in this moment we'll go forward with the word I promise you but I don't want to jump past the fact that God is sitting with us in this room today hallelujah so just for a moment just close your eyes if you want to lift your hands if you want to sit if you want to kneel whatever that may be in this moment just allow God to continue to remind you of himself and of his presence and of his love as we sing this chorus over you one more time hallelujah Come on and say He loves us, he loves us oh how He loves us, oh how he loves us, oh how he loves, one more time say he loves. thank you for your love your love that is unexplainable your love that is unconditional your love that is overwhelming but accessible thank you that you love us enough not only to have come for us not only to have died for us not only to have risen for us but you love us enough to be very present with us even before we call you you will answer us Even while we're speaking, you remind us that you are here in the room, and we thank you that from this day forward, that truth will resonate in our hearts as never before. And as we share your word today, God, thank you for continuing to be fully present as we fully present ourselves to you in your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I am honored and blessed to be here today. I know many of you have seen me many, many times before worshiping with new community, and it is always an honor to be here with my other family of faith. Um, For those of you who do not know me, thank you. I am uh, Lori Smith, and I am a worship leader, but in addition to being a worship leader, and in addition to being with this guy here. In addition to all of that, what some of you may not know is that I am one of the assistant pastors of Rehoboth Evangelistic Ministries in Matson, Illinois. I've been in ministry for about twenty-five years, and I'm also a lead teacher in our school of ministry called Purpose Training Center. So I am excited to share the word with you today and to be up here in a different context. I'm excited, if not a little bit nervous, because you're going to get to see a side of me you've never met before. But it is my honor to introduce her, and it is my pleasure to meet you all. So um, this sermon series, I was speaking with Emily this morning, and this sermon series has just been wrecking me in all the best ways. I've gone on YouTube and watched the previous speakers, and when I tell you the thing that God is doing with this sermon series is unmatched, it is so timely, and I'm thankful for what God is doing and everything that God has said. So can you stand with me as we read the word today? I promise I am not one of those preachers who will talk to you for two hours and then tell you that I just stopped by to tell you one thing. We're going to dive in here and give Holy Spirit his right of way and let the Lord speak to all of us. And then we're going to leave here with what he said, changing our lives for the better. Amen. Amen. So we're going to start at John chapter 11, uh, starting with verse 32. I'm going to read straight through and then I'm going to say a few talking points and then I'm going to let you go and enjoy the rest of your Sunday. John eleven thirty two. it says, Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved. And my iPad just died. He was deeply moved <laughs> and in his spirit and greatly troubled. Next slide. And when he said, Where have you laid him? they said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. And Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. You can be seated. Technology always takes the moments that are the most inappropriate to betray. So I chose this saying of Jesus I know that you hear me. Oh no, it has power. It just, yeah, yeah, just a screaming thing. Thank you, babe. Thank you. I guess I'll keep him. So I chose this one because, and when I was asked to minister, I kind of chuckled because this is a, a scripture that I have been pretty much meditating on over the past year, maybe year and a half, Carlton. Um, about God being fully present with us and about God hearing us because of some challenges that I had in my own life where I needed to be reminded that despite, despite everything that was going on around me, that God was actually listening to me and that I could not use the circumstances that I was in in order to project onto God what he was doing at the time, what he had said to me and how I would choose to believe that. So I chose this Because in a time of such uncertainty where the plates are literally shifting beneath our feet, we've had the pandemic, we've had interesting political changes. Did I say that right? And we've had uh, transitions of leadership and all of these moments of uncertainty. We need to be anchored in the fact that with all the chaos around us and with all the noise that happens in our life, that God is actually listening to us. And sometimes it feels like we're grappling on our own. Um, I remember hearing um, Emily in her sermon when she was talking about those storms that come and how even in the midst of the storm, here's Jesus on a pillow, peacefully sleeping like nothing is going on. And maybe it's because he knew the outcome that he could be peaceful in the circumstances, right? And how God is teaching us that very same thing, despite the circumstances. I want you to be so secure in the outcome that the circumstances don't move you as much. Amen. So I chose this. I know that you hear me. This is one of the most powerful statements that Jesus made. All throughout the Gospels, he's making statements, and he's dropping anchors, and he's dropping seeds that change the lives of those who actually hear, listen, and take to heart what he is saying. The interesting thing about this passage of Scripture, if you read the whole thing, and I know it's very familiar, is that this is not happening at the beginning of Jesus's ministry. By this time, Jesus has already opened blinded eyes. He's already healed the sick. You know, he's already, uh, Jairus's daughter has been raised. All of these things are happening. Feeding of the 5,000, all these things have been happening this entire time. But for some reason, this particular circumstance seemed to change the perspective of Mary and Martha. They knew that he was Jesus. They knew what he could do, but there was something in them that wondered. If you had been here earlier, would this not have happened? If you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. The first phrase, if you had been here. How many times in our situations and circumstances do we feel like God is leaving us to fend for ourselves? because things are so hard, because things are so trying, and we wonder if God is actually taking an interest in what it is that we're going through, in the confusion that has wracked us, and in the pain that we may be feeling at the moment. And we ask God, well, God, if you had been here, perhaps I wouldn't have lost my job. If you had been here, I know that you're omnipresent, but in this particular situation, I don't seem to see you moving and I don't seem to hear you speaking and my feet are unsure of where to go next. And I don't know. I know you're here in theory, but I don't feel you here. I don't see you here, I don't see your direction, and it could be that life's noise is drowning out your voice, but I don't see the path in front of me as clearly as I would like to. If you had been here, maybe this wouldn't have happened. But we know that when things happen, it doesn't mean that God is fully present. Sometimes things happen so that we can be fully present. It doesn't mean that God isn't fully present. Sometimes things happen so that we can be fully present. We get to know God in such a way during some of the most trying times in our life that we don't get to know him in other times. And it doesn't mean that when we go through things, it should be fun. It's never fun. It doesn't mean that we should try to laugh our way through as if the circumstances don't exist, but it means that in our deepest, darkest times is when God shows himself to be a very present help in our time of trouble. And it's easy to acknowledge and to accept the reality and the presence and the love of God when things are going well. But it is in our darkest times that those feel-goods of the good times should anchor us in the fact that if he was there then, I know he's here now. Because he is a God that does not lie, he is a God that does not change, and he is a God that cannot fail. So despite the fact that I might not be feeling good about the circumstances, I know for a fact that God is here with me. I'm not sitting in this alone. I'm not going through this alone. He is with me because he said he would be. And one of the most powerful scriptures in the Bible to me, the next slide, Jesus wept. And I hope that this can kind of set us free a little bit this morning. I want you to see how in the midst of this circumstance, in the midst of the pain that the people he loved was feeling, because it says in the scripture earlier that when he saw how heartbroken they were, it broke his heart because we have... Not a high priest who is not touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Jesus is very well aware of who we are, where we are, and how we got there. He knows when our hearts are breaking. He knows when our minds are spinning. He knows when our world is out of control. And when he saw the heartbreak, it broke his heart. He was with them in their grief. He was with them in their sadness. He wept with them. And was fully present in that moment. And I want you to see how the Son of God, with all power, allowed himself a human moment. And how many times, because of who we need to be, for who we need to be it for, do we not give ourselves that human moment to say, God, this hurts. God, I don't understand. God, I'm tired. God, I'm confused. God, I know what you said, but I'm not seeing it. If Jesus can allow himself a human moment, I want to give you permission to be human today. There are times when we simply don't get it. There are times when we simply don't understand what God is doing, and that is okay. Because God knows how we got there and where we are. And Jesus allowed himself to weep. He allowed himself to be vulnerable to pain in that moment. He allowed himself to say, you know what, this hurts me too. And a lot of times we don't give ourselves that permission and it makes it difficult for us to be as honest with God as we would like to be because we feel like we need to kind of show up for him in such a way that we put on, we, okay, I'm not going to cry. I'm going to fix my face. I'm going to put on my, put the, you know, put my little uniform on with the big S under the chest for super Christian. And then when the people ask me how I'm doing, I'm going to steal my face and tell them that I'm fine. One of the biggest lies told in Christianity most times. (laughs) I'm going to tell them that I'm okay. I'm going to tell them that everything is fine. Yes, God is good. I'm so happy. Bless the Lord. I'm not going to tell them, you know, this was a rough week. You know, I really wanted God to show up for me in such a way and I feel like he didn't. And I know that's not on him, but am I missing something? Did I miss him? Did I miss a door? Did I miss an opportunity? I'm not feeling my best. To allow ourselves that human moment to say, okay, Lord, I know what I should believe, but I don't see it. God is tough enough to handle that. He's tough enough to handle those things. David said in the Psalms, when my heart was troubled, I poured out my complaint. When my heart was troubled inside of me, I poured out my complaint. Those moments where we're like, okay, Lord. (laughs) And Jesus allowed himself that moment fully God but fully human, he wept because there was pain. And once he allowed himself that moment, he prepared himself to do what needed to be done. In our lives, particularly for those of us in ministry, we have a delicate dance between being human, and being supernatural. We have a delicate dance between this is how I'm feeling, but I still need to stay on mission. And Jesus mirrored this perfectly in that passage. Like, it's okay to cry. It is okay to hurt. It is okay to be uncertain, and it is okay to be confused, but don't forget who you are. Even in the midst of pain, confusion, uncertainty, even anger, everything that God spoke about you to you is still the truth. You are still beloved, you are still accepted. You are still the head, not the tail. You are still above only and not belief. Even when the weight of life seems to be crushing you, you are still as victorious as he said you are. Even though tears may be running down your face, even though your heart may be broken, even though the circumstances are saying that there is no way out of this, everything that God spoke to you about you is still the truth, even in those human moments. And I believe that's one of the reasons why Jesus did this. He had to show us, look, you can still be victorious with tears down your face. You are still healed even though you may be in pain and you might still have the symptoms of sickness. If I said that you are healed, you are still healed. Symptoms of sickness do not cancel out the word of God. Circumstances are circumstances. God is still God. So Jesus then lifted up his eyes. And he said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. Now for my teachers in the room, particularly English teachers, we know that have heard is the present perfect tense of that phrase and that it speaks of the past, but have heard speaks of a recent past. So in this moment, as Jesus is approaching this particular circumstance, he just wept, probably still weeping, we don't know, the text doesn't say. But even with the grief that he felt in his heart and troubled, he stood flat footed and said, God, I know you hear me and I know you have heard me and that you always hear me. One thing Jesus did that we need to definitely model is Jesus rehearsed his victories. Every time Jesus got ready to perform a miracle, there was something in his presentation, something in his words that first reminded him of who he was so that he could then do what he needed to do. And in this instance, he's saying, I know that God has heard me. I can remember a recent time when God heard me. I fed 5,000 with fishes and loaves. I've already healed the sick. I've already seen the dead raised. I've already opened up blinded eyes. So it's not a question as to whether or not God hears me. I know he hears me because I have seen evidence of his answers in my life. This is a new circumstance, but it is the same God. This is a new situation, but it is the same God. And the same God who helped me when I had to study for a test that I thought I wouldn't pass and the same God who got me out of financial trouble and the same God who either healed me from COVID, allowed me not to get COVID, the same God that kept my family through unimaginable circumstances, the same God that caused the car to just miss me when I was crossing the intersection. If he did it then, he's the same God. So I know that he hears me because I know he heard me. I can tell you the times that God has heard me and those times remind me that even right now, God hears me. And he said, I know that you heard me. I know that you always hear me. But for the benefit of the people who are standing around, I'm having this conversation with you out loud so that they can know you sent me early in the passage of scripture they were asking questions well you know is the person who you know opened up the blinded eyes you know could he not have prevented this death and further up in the chapter which we didn't read today you see that he tells his disciples that this sickness is not unto death even though Lazarus dies he's like this is not going to be the end for him This is so that the glory of God can be revealed. It is a painful circumstance, but it's so the glory of God can be revealed. It is going to break some hearts for the moment, but it is for the glory of God to be revealed. I'm going to have a broken heart, but it's for the glory of God to be revealed. So he said, for the benefit of those who are standing around, I say this so that they can believe you sent me. One of my favorite passages of a song, and I gave them a slide of it, is a song by Ty Tribbett. And this is one of those songs where if he never says anything else, this song did it for me. The lyric says, if he did it before, he can do it again. Same God right now, same God back then. If he did it before, he can do it again. Same God right now, same God back then. And it speaks to the eternal faithfulness of a God who never changes. So Jesus said, I'm saying this so that the people around can believe that you sent me. I remember, um, in early 2020 around March, right around the time that, um, The pandemic was becoming a pandemic. Um, You know, I'm I'm looking at everything happening, and I'm like, okay, everything's going to be shut down shortly. I need to make sure I get all my ducks in a row. I don't know what's going to happen with work. We don't know what's going to happen with church. Just a big time of uncertainty, right? Thank God for keeping us in that we made it. Amen? But I remember thinking that time, and as I'm doing all these things, and I'm praying, and I'm like, okay, Lord, show us what to do. What do we need to do? And then I'm going to the doctor because I had the appointment scheduled, and they were actually still seeing people. So I go in, and I'm like, okay, this is another thing on my list of things to do because I don't know when I'm going to get to do it because they're going to start restricting visitors and all these other things. All these things are going on in my mind as I am planning for the eventual shutdown of the city. And I'm sitting there, and as I'm ruminating these things in my mind, the doctor comes out and you know I'm like okay you know I'm I'm expecting the same report that I've gotten for the past 20 years like okay yeah you're fine do this do that take your vitamin B take your vitamin D you'll be fine so I'm waiting there packing up my purse getting ready to leave and the doctor sits down and says something she's never said before she looks me in the face and she said I'm sorry this is the same doctor I've had for 20 years those are two words she's never said to me She goes, I'm sorry. And I'm like, why? Did you lose the test results? Are the x-rays not back? Do I have to sit here for another hour? What's going on? And she looked at me and she said, you have breast cancer. Now, I would love to tell you that in the moment that she said that, I said, you know what? This is no problem. This is not difficult. I serve a God who is able. I know he's going to heal me. What do we need to do? Let's do it. That is not what happened. (laughs) I sat there and I looked at her, and I remember the entire room going completely silent for a moment, except for the ringing in my ears. Could not believe it. I'm like, what? And then, as they did further tests, they tell me not only did I have breast cancer, I had the same type of breast cancer that my mom passed from. talk about an unexplainable circumstance. And I remember struggling in that moment between what was happening to me at the time and who I needed to be for everyone else. And I remember struggling between needing to be human in that moment and needing to protect others from my pain. Does that sound familiar to anyone else? Yeah, I see a lot of heads nodding. And the first question I asked God was, are you kidding me? This is happening to me? And I remember distinctly not getting an answer to that question. And I remember asking God, God, why is this happening? You know, what's going on? I did everything I was supposed to do. Why is this happening to me? And I remember distinctly not getting an answer to that question. I remember crying finally and just like, how am I gonna tell my family? How am I gonna tell Carlton? How am I gonna tell my church? What is gonna happen? What do I need to do? I don't wanna go through all this. And I remember distinctly not getting a response to all of that. And I remember sitting in my living room as we were preparing for treatment options and surgeries. And feeling that human anger that rises up when we can't control our circumstances feeling that frustration that rises up when we're like okay lord i am clueless as to why you allowed this to happen and i'm not hearing you right now so you need to say something because i don't get it and i'm losing it right now and i remember there seemingly being nothing I go into the kitchen later that day. This was several days that had passed. I go into the kitchen later that day to wash dishes. And as I'm washing dishes, this scripture pops up seemingly out of nowhere. I know that you hear me. I know that you always hear me. I know that you have heard me. I know that you always have heard me. And I'm literally now hands in the soapy water turning into raisins leaned over the sink weeping because I did not like the circumstance that I was in, but it didn't change the fact that God has always heard me. My cancer diagnosis did not change God's faithfulness. It did not change his sovereignty. It did not change his word. And it most importantly did not change his ability to heal me. And so I sat bent over the sink with my head on my hands, weeping, saying this scripture over and over again. I thank you that you've heard me. I know you always hear me. I thank you that you've heard me. I know you always hear me. I thank you that you heard me. I know you always hear me. And even now, in my confusion and in my pain, with tears running down my face in frustration, you hear me. And I know that you hear me because Holy Spirit brought that scripture to my remembrance so that I could remember that you still hear me. As I'm going through the treatment options and as I'm going through the surgery, this scripture continues to resonate. I know that you hear me. I know that you hear me. And I remember having conversations with Carlton, you know, saying, I don't know why this has happened. I don't know why God has allowed this with previous health challenges that I've had in the past. And now, this new challenge, I don't know why this is happening. And then 2 Corinthians 4.17, which they have on the slide, came to mind during our con- our phone conversation. And 2 Corinthians 4.17 says, for this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. And as I started having conversations with my family, my pastors, and with Carlton, I was reminded of the fact that even in the darkest of circumstances, God can receive a glory. Even in the times that we're hurting, God can receive glory. And it's not that he takes pleasure in pain, but he does take pleasure in showing up for his children when they are in pain. He doesn't take pleasure in sickness, but he does take pleasure in showing up with his children for his children when they are dealing with sickness. And he doesn't take pleasure in the times that we are angry and frustrated and confused, but he does take pleasure in showing himself faithful to us in those moments. Ecclesiastes 3 talks about how there's a season and time for everything. There's a time to mourn. There's a time to dance. There's a time to dig up. There's a time to plant. Uh, All these seasons happen in our lives because that is the human experience. But even in the human experience, God still shows up and shows himself faithful in the midst of the toughest of circumstances. And those things that we go through, and I remember specifically having this conversation with Carlton and we were praying on the phone and I remember getting to a point where I said, okay, Lord, this absolutely stinks. I don't like it. It's not fair. You know, I don't understand why this is happening to me. This is the same thing that killed my mom. I am not going out like that. We're gonna do this, 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 and this, and we're going through all these options. And I remember thinking to myself, and the thing set me free in that moment, Emily. I said, you know what, God? I don't want to go through this, but if I have to go through this, I need to see the fruit remain. If I have to go through this cancer treatment, if I have to go through surgery, if I have to go through months and months of all this pain, don't let it be for nothing. I know it's not for nothing, but let this be a testimony to somebody else. If I have to go this route, let it be so that people can see how faithful you were to me in this journey. Because one of my favorite phrases that God gave me a long time ago that I continue to say, which is on the slide as well, is that God wastes nothing. I saw the faithfulness of God and was able to have so many opportunities to minister to other people while I was going through that treatment and while I was going through that surgery. Is it the route I would have preferred? Absolutely not. But when people saw how faithful God was to me during the journey it changed their perspective of God in such a way that a lot of people who were not believers or who had fallen off their faith began to reconsider their relationships with God so even in that circumstance God was able to get glory Mary and Martha would have preferred that their that their their brother not die it's not a preferable circumstance but look at the glory that God received when God showed up in the middle of that circumstance And as I continue through my journey, I continue to see the faithfulness of God. I continue to see the way that I was able to minister compassion to other people. I continue to see the way that even though I was the one on pain meds and they were pretty strong, I was able to pray for other people and to reintroduce people to a God they thought had forsaken them during a pandemic. Isn't it interesting? that my cancer journey happened in the middle of a pandemic when people were losing faith in God, and that now I get the opportunity to say, hey, we're in the middle of a pandemic and I've been diagnosed with cancer, but let me tell you what God is doing in the midst of all of this. And for people to see God in a completely different way, I would prefer not to have cancer, trust me. But I saw how God not only showed up for me, but how God showed up for other people because of the journey I took. And God wastes nothing. Some of the things that we go through, other people are watching our lives. They're watching our journey. They're measuring our progress. They're also listening to how we present and address God during those moments. And to have a situation that seems completely inexplainable and completely just outrageous and to still see that you still trust in God. You're still speaking well of Him. He's still speaking well of you. You're still being faithful. You're still presenting Him to the world even in the midst of pain. That changes lives. It changes lives. And I watched God use my journey to change so many lives. Even the lives of my family. People who hadn't been to church and I don't know how long people who didn't want to discuss the Lord, people who didn't want to discuss the Bible, people who had previously served and then now decided to walk away. As they watched my journey, it helped to reintroduce some people to the Lord in a different way. And as I saw the fruit that was beginning to spring from my journey, I remember telling Carlton, I said, you know what? I said, I wouldn't wish this on anyone. But the glory I'm seeing, God, get out of this. And the way Holy Spirit ministered to me in those times and the way that even though I needed support, I got to support other people and the way that I got to show up for people and and show Jesus in those moments is completely priceless. Whatever circumstance you are in, and we all have them, It is an opportunity for the Lord to show who he is in a different way and an opportunity for the love of God to radiate from our lives in such a way that it draws other people to him. Because if we can praise and we can worship in the midst of turmoil, if we can praise and worship and even continue to give in the middle of a pandemic, it shows that we're serving a God not only that we truly believe in, but a God that has shown up for us in countless number of times. And it is the reason why we continue to show up for Him. And other people see that. They see that faithfulness, they see that love, they see that dedication, and it makes them wonder if you are so dedicated, what is it that I I'm missing you really love him that much yeah what makes you love him that much what makes you in the midst of job loss in the midst of schools dropping classes what makes you in the midst of losing people uh, during 2020 to covid what makes you still love him even though the circumstances have seemingly been chaotic bad immeasurable what makes you still love him? And you still speaks well of a God, even though you're in a circumstance. You still speak well of him. You still serve him. You're still faithful to him, and you still want me to get to know him. That resonates with people. And what I want to tell you today is that the same way that Jesus showed up for Mary, showed up for Martha, and even showed up for Lazarus, is the same way Jesus continues to show up for us. Even when we don't like what we are going through, we're never alone. God is fully present. He is fully present when we're frustrated. He is fully present when we're angry. He is fully present when we're sick. He is fully present when we have questions. He's fully present when we're confused. He is fully present when we just don't know what he's doing. And those are the times that we have to lean into trust. We have to lean into the fact that we know God's intention for us, and that though we may be in pain for the moment, that pain is not His intention, but He will show up in the midst of it and change us in the middle of those circumstances. He has always been a God who is fully present, He has always been a God who is ever faithful. He has always been a God whose love for us is immeasurable and unstoppable. That is the God that we serve who continues to want to find ways to show up for us so that we can carry him fully with us. I know that you heard me and I know that you always hear me. What I want you to take away today, what I want you to take away today is that Number one, God wastes nothing. There's no circumstance in our life that is not an opportunity for God to show his glory and to show himself strong. And to know that God hears you. He's always heard you. He's always heard you. And because he's always heard us, we know that he will always hear us and that God is everlasting but never changing. Again, if he did it before, he will do it again. Same God right now, same God back then. Can you say that with me once? If he did it before. He will do it again. Same God right now, same God back then. Come on, stand to your feet. I pray that this word has blessed you in some way and reminded you that we, have served, we serve a God who is fully present in every area of our lives and a God who always takes the opportunity to show up for us even in times of trouble. If there's something that you might be grappling with, maybe some decisions that you need to make, uh, maybe some circumstances that are not the best, what I want you to do today is I want you to take a few minutes to remind yourself of the ways that God has shown up for you up until this point. You can go ahead and close your eyes. I want you to think about the last time God showed up for you. And with that thought, once you get it, I want you to sit that thought, that memory, alongside whatever may be happening in your life right now. And remind yourself the same way that God showed up for me then, He's going to show up for me now. The same way that God showed up for me there, He's going to show up for me here. The same way He heard me then, I know He hears me now, and I know that He will always hear me because that's who He is. He is faithful. He is faithful. He is faithful. And he is faithful to hear when we call. God, we thank you that you hear us. God, we thank you that you've always heard us. Even when tears were streaming down our face, you heard us. Even when we didn't have words to say, it could only grow, you heard us. When our mouths were shut because of pain and circumstances, you heard the cries of our heart. And we thank you that you heard and you answered and you were with us. And just as you were with us then, we thank you that you are with us now. And we thank you that whatever circumstance that we may be in, that we can trust that your word concerning us remains the same. That every victory you've spoken over our lives is still active and applicable that every word that you've spoken over our lives is still active and applicable. We are still victorious in any circumstance. We are still grounded in our faith. We are still under the shadow of your wing and we are still covered by your immeasurable love. God, we thank you that this truth will continue to resonate in our minds and our hearts and that with it our faith will be anchored as we continue to fix our eyes on you and the words that you have said we thank you God for the testimonies that will come even from this series of how lives have changed because our faces were set toward you and we were anchored in your word we thank you for how you've shown up for us today we thank you for how you'll show up for us tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow and we thank you that just if you've heard us you'll always hear us and because you always hear us we know that when we call you you will answer us and that you will show us things beyond our understanding because this is who you are and we know who you are this is what you said and we believe what you said This is what you've done, and we know that you will do it again. In the name of Jesus, amen. God bless you.